0: Just um, invest. It's still a great thing to do. I know it can be scary to a lot of people. Jason's been doing this a long time. He's got a lot of knowledge. We're in an age of technology and everything's at our fingertips. You can do a lot of homework on your own, but in the end, make sure you're talking to professionals like Jason.
1: of tenants and been involved in thousands of real estate transactions. This program will help you follow in Jason's footsteps on the road to your financial independence day. You really can do it. And now, here's your host, Jason Hartman, with the complete solution for real estate investors.
0: Welcome to episode number 1415. As we continue part two of the return policy for real estate, and by the way, I sarcastically said yesterday, you know, it's just like returning anything else, right? No, of course it's not. I mean, you guys get it. This is uh this is different because when you return real estate to your lender, you will have a restocking fee. There is a restocking fee for some. They think it's a significant restocking fee, for others they think it's not that significant and you know, you only have to pay it for a year or two as you work with a service that can help reimburse your restocking fee. <laughs> oh, gosh, we have to put these in a whole whole new terms, whole new ways to think about this. Well, as we continue in the era of pandemic investing, my predictions are coming true already. Of course, Fannie Mae has said that they are suspending foreclosures, HUD, well, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and HUD, uh, which HUD means, you know, FHA loans, suspending all foreclosures and evictions. So I guess the deal is now property owners don't have to pay their mortgages, but tenants don't have to pay their rent either. This is what I call trickle-up economics, instead of the commonly used trickle-down economics that you heard throughout the Reagan era, supply-side economics, Arthur Laffer, the Laffer Curve. I had the privilege of meeting Arthur Laffer back in about 1989 at uh, at the then-government-owned, by the way, the then-government-owned beautiful Phoenician Hotel and Resort. And it was owned by the government because... During a crisis a few years earlier which was the Charles Keating Lincoln savings and loan crisis it really wasn't the Lincoln savings and loan crisis it was the SNL crisis in general but Charles Keating and Lincoln's and, and Lincoln savings and loan were kind of at the Forefront they were this sort of, the scapegoats, the uh, iconic figures in that whole debacle. And, you know, so we always have a various crisis, right? Every, every seven to 10 years, we're going to have some kind of crisis. It's just the way the cycle works, kind of. You know, this one is different. This flavor of this one is totally different. Nobody knows what to expect, including yours truly. I don't know. You know, I'm just going to tell you, this one is, it's just a different beast. But what's interesting about it? is that, of course, the home is becoming the center of the universe. Of course, there is going to be a migration to lower density suburban style living. I talked about that yesterday as I added commandment 22 to the list of my 10 commandments of successful investing. Yes, yes, we have 22 of 10 commandments, government math, and that is Thou shalt invest in low-density environments. Those good old single-family homes that you can find at jasonhartman.com properties, those are even going to be more popular. Because after we get past this quarantine era, and after we get kind of out of this, which we will, I predict, and you're going to see it, there will be news stories, there will be a migration out of high-density downtown urban city type environments, even in suburban environments, like, uh, you know, I'll I'll take any suburban environment in the country as an example, where you have a four-story apartment complex uh, with an elevator. Remember, the metric is if it has an elevator, caution, 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 that's the word, that's the word. Uh, The elevator is the indicator of high density. Okay. So we are witnessing the biggest money-printing extravaganza in world history, and we have more to come. Home is the center of the universe. Thank God for the distributed capabilities of the internet, because without that, people would really be very unproductive at home. But we can maintain some level of productivity. Hopefully, this will put the nail in the coffin of some things that needed the nail in the coffin. One of them being the college student loan debt, uh, government debt, slavery complex, whatever you know. I've called it many things over the years, but the, the that whole scenario. I think I think the world is going to see that the emperor has no clothes what do i mean by that well all these colleges and universities and and schools you know they've told everybody to go to go study at home to go study online i think we're going to see that we only need one professor in each topic to teach the entire planet we just take the best professor in each topic and that's who teaches everyone on earth. Okay, not that you of course you want some multiple perspectives, so maybe you got a few, but you don't need universities owning the being the biggest landlord, being the biggest real estate owner in any given city. Okay, that is improper. That should not be that way. And you don't need universities raising their prices at 3 4 times the rate of inflation. That is an absolute scam. More bailouts are coming. If you are in an affected industry, which is almost everybody, don't worry, more bailouts coming, I promise. (laughs) They're coming, they're coming, don't panic. They will be announced and the money printing will continue. But what's, what's kind of interesting about this one is that you know you've got to think, look, like I've said, this could all blow over in a month or two. It really could we're all going to remember it. And I think there's going to be a a generation-long memory. And I think we're going to see a massive decline in handshaking, which is probably a good thing, because the handshake after, you know, do you know, you know, do you think much about this? Do you know what the biggest killer of humanity is? The biggest killer, it's not terrorism, it's not nuclear war, it's not conventional war, it's not you know, it's not genocidal and homicidal maniacs. Uh, it's it's nothing like that. And it's, it's not, you know, medical mistakes. That's one of the biggest killers in the US, right? And it's you know, certainly not mass shootings. That's like, statistically, almost nothing. But of course, that gets all the news, because we're, we live in a dysfunctional world, okay? Uh, but the biggest killer, some of you know what I'm going to say, right? You know what I'm going to say? The biggest killer is the Humble, tiny little mosquito. Yes, that is the biggest killer and illness uh, carrier that has affected mankind over the years. And one of the biggest advances, maybe the best inventions in history, is literally, it's, it's not the internet, it's not the automobile, it's not the steam engine, it's not the computer, it's not the solid state chip, it's not software, it's the mosquito net. Yeah, the humble mosquito net has saved a lot of lives. So I'd say that the second biggest killer or at least illness carrier is the handshake. Yep, it's the handshake. We're gonna see a a huge decline in popularity of handshakes. That's another prediction I'll make. But here's the thing, so this could all blow over in a month or two, it really could, and if it doesn't blow over in a month or two, then, and when I say blow over, I mean, you know, there'll be a vaccine, there'll be a, a better treatment protocol, the curve will be flattened as people stay home and quarantine around the world, we've, we've never seen anything like this, it's truly spectacular, it's amazing. So it'll flatten out, you know, the weather will warm up in the Northern Hemisphere, and this thing doesn't like warm weather, Uh, it doesn't like UVA and UVB rays. All of this will happen, and it'll it'll flatten out, it'll blow over, right? And so isn't this just kind of a massive overreaction on the part of governments and central banks all over the world? I mean, in Italy, you don't have to make a mortgage payment, in the U.S.? (laughs) kind of looking the same way, you know, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and HUD all suspending foreclosures. You know, the, the bailouts, these massive bailouts that will be bigger. My prediction is ultimately, if you add them all up after this thing is over, or even way before it's over, and compare them to the Great Recession just over 10 years ago, this will be bigger, even in real terms, meaning inflation adjusted terms, not nominal terms. This will be inflation adjusted. There will be more bailouts and more QE than the last time around. So isn't it just an overreaction for something that's maybe gonna be like one terrible quarter of GDP and the second quarter being less terrible of GDP? We'll have a contraction. You know, for anybody who says, oh, we might not go into a recession well, please stop smoking crack, because that's what you're doing. We're already in the beginning of a recession, folks. Okay, give me a break. I mean, that's just Pollyanna craziness. Anyway, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, of course, we'll stay with it. Uh, fascinating times to be alive. Don't worry. But you know, I do have a question. If anyone listening, and I'm sure there is someone listening, has been affected by coronavirus, not economically, because that's everybody listening. At least you will be at some point in some way. And it's not all bad, by the way. Some people will uh, increase their profits during this time and grow financially. And remember, economics is a relative game. So if the economy is shrinking, if everyone else's net worth and income are shrinking, if yours is stable or growing, then as terrible as it is to say, look, at economics is relative. Like I said during the Great Recession, look, if your net worth is a million dollars and your neighbor's net worth was a million dollars but goes down to $500,000, then you're ahead in relative terms. Economics is a relative game, all right? Because all the prices in the marketplace adjust based on the crowd and how many dollars they have to chase that limited supply of goods and services. So don't panic, okay? You're you're gonna be fine. But you know, if anyone is actually affected health-wise from the coronavirus, and I'm sure someone listening out there must be, or knows someone who is, please go to jasonhartman.com slash ask and let us know about it. Because I don't know anybody personally that's been affected uh, you know, I, I see these terrible stories on the news and so forth, but I'd like to know, just hear some firsthand experience about that. So uh, please uh, come forward, let us know, jasonhartman.com slash ask. And of course, we're here to help you with the Pandemic Investing Strategy. Yes, we have a strategy, a Pandemic Investing Strategy. Go to jasonhartman.com, fill out any web form, get connected with an investment counselor, or call us at 1-800-HARTMAN. That's 1-800-HARTMAN. All right, part two of the return policy for real estate. Here we go. Absolutely. I remember uh, one of our clients had purchased a whole bunch of properties. The Great Recession came and it wasn't really the properties that got them into trouble. It was the loss of employment. Okay. Employment Mm -hmm. was the problem. See, sometimes your ship doesn't take on water From the source, which you think it is, it's another source out there, right? And in this case, it was simply job loss, right? And so he wanted to unload some of his properties. And the lenders did loan mods on some of them. Short sales on a couple of them and even paid money to do the short sale. They said, Mm. Look, we will give you, it varied based on the loan amount of the property, not the price of the property. But these were anywhere from like, I don't know, four to $12,000, $12,000, I think, on little investment properties. I'm sure if it was a big, you know, expensive property, they probably would have paid you a lot more. But on these little investment properties, they'd call you up and they'd say, look, we'd like you to do a cooperative short sale. If you will put the house on the market, get a buyer, bring us the offer, we'll work with them, and we will reduce the loan balance to allow you to sell the property. And for your cooperation, We'll give you $9,000. Can you imagine? And now keep in mind, this is the same, and this is a hypothetical, well, it's not hypothetical, but it's a, uh, this is the same John Doe investor, okay, that sort of all, you know, every investor, right, who had had that property and stopped making payments on that loan 6, 8, 12, 18 months ago and they were still collecting the rent. And the rent was like their income. So think about this concept, right? The investor has that property. They don't make a payment for a year. The rent is $1,500 a month. So they take that $18,000 and they use it to live on, okay? right? Maybe they got a few other properties. So they, you know, piece themselves together an $80,000 income, right? (laughs) With, with, uh, with rent, they're receiving payments, they're not making. Okay. And then this is how upside down the world is. None of this is right. It's just the way it is. Okay. I I don't
1: philosophically, I
0: disagree with all of it. Okay. And then the, you know, the lender comes along and says, look, if, if you cooperate with us in a short sale, put the property on the market, uh, we're going to pay you another $9,000. So by the time the deal closes it's now six more months down the road $1500 a month more times 6 $9000 more plus they pay them another $9000 so they got 18 000, they got $36000 <laughs> <laughs> i mean seriously and then all they 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 they, own they the asset. all you got to do is own the asset Just all eat, you got to do is all you got to do is own the asset yeah yeah and and they they chop you know, $40,000 off the loan balance to allow them Mm -hmm. to sell it. I mean, what a deal. You can't, this is crazy. It's, it's, it's bothersome. It really, you know, it, it kind of bothers me, but you know
1: because the banks are getting the bailout as it is yeah
0: yeah taking the loss
1: because they're getting money from the government
0: exactly they got the money from the government and look at you know it's hard to feel too much sympathy because there are very good arguments that the banks caused that entire crisis okay they had no breaks on the system the appraisals were ridiculous they threw all that cheap money into the market And it got overheated and nobody had any, there were no parameters. They were making loans to anybody who could fog a mirror, you know, so they can take a hit, you know, they, they, they caused that problem. Okay. So yeah, that's the return policy. Any more thoughts or questions on that? We should, uh, touch on because I want to talk about one more subject.
1: No, but I think, I think it's, it's revolutionary if you understand it. it. It's just, it's a great, Way of thinking about income property. It's another. It's another way of reducing your risk. Yeah. You know, I that that you. Let's say you buy a hundred thousand dollar house and you put down twenty thousand dollars. Worst case scenario, if something awful, awful, awful happens, you lose your job or the house goes. Okay, you've lost twenty thousand right. dollars. But and maybe, maybe you
0: didn't. Maybe maybe it, maybe it, you actually it. gained sixteen <laughs> yes. thousand dollars. Example yes. I just gave.
1: Who, yeah. who knows? I know. Yes. But it, it gives you a, a sense of the limit, just like leverage. You know, like let's say the house appreciates five percent. You know, you've actually made twenty-five percent if you put down twenty-five thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars. So this gives you it's another layer of protection to think about it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 pretty interesting. Like I always say, the best insurance is a high loan balance. If you if you have a low loan balance nobody is going to help you nobody is going to be incentivized to help you when if you if you experience a problem the lender is not going to work with you they're not going to have any incentive to work with you because they don't have any risk on the table if they come to the table where each party is at stake they're you know equally yoked if you will to use the biblical concept then they're going to work with you because they got the yoke on Okay, they care well, about
1: it. Me, you told me about I don't know if it was in New Orleans after Katrina, where certain homeowners, like they said you don't have to pay your mortgage for six months. Right. And then yeah. people who had paid off their homes are like they did not get minute. anything. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And and the people who had the highest mortgages in that example got the most relief. Because think yeah. about it, if you had a five hundred dollar mortgage payment. You only got that much relief. But what if you had a $1,500 mortgage payment because you didn't put that extra $50,000 down on the property and you kept that 50000 in the bank or you bought other properties with it or you used it for something else? You're better off than the other person who seemingly did the right thing. It's totally unfair. It's not right. I'm just saying this is the way it is, okay? So that example, Evan, just let me explain that so all the listeners understand it. After Hurricane Katrina years ago, the attorneys general of of like six states in the affected states made a deal. I don't know if there was litigation. There probably was, or maybe it was just a consent decree. I'm not sure what. But they basically made a deal, I think, with the lenders, all the major lenders, to put a moratorium on charging anybody mortgage payments For the article I read was six months. I I have a feeling it was extended a lot longer than that. But Mm. I remember reading an article that said for six months, they can't collect any payments and they can't do any bad credit reporting or charge any late fees or any extra interest or anything like that. They just a moratorium on mortgage payments. Okay. So if you were the person, the sucker with a free and clear house or the low mortgage payment. You got either no relief or very little relief in that case. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's, Amazing. Um,
1: it's the way the world is, folks. This um, is such a crucial concept to understand as, as an investment investor. I, I Just understanding that concept really helped me think differently. It's sort right. of like a keystone principle. If you can understand that, you can understand so much more. Velocity of money, opportunity costs, all of that. Now, if you think about it, it's really not fair. For the person who's paid off his or her whole home, they don't get this benefit. So they're reducing their risk by keeping a high loan balance. This is, it's just so counterintuitive, but so important. And once you understand it, you actually give yourself more opportunities for diversification. Instead of paying off your home, let, let's say you have a $500,000 home and you have $300,000 in equity. You're probably sitting pretty thinking, oh, I only, you know, I have more equity than I have on a loan. But what if you took out $200,000 of equity and bought a couple of properties in Little Rock and Memphis? Then you'd be getting the income from them and you'd be getting the opportunity for appreciation from them. So you're more diversified and bringing in less risk. It's counterintuitive again, but so critical.
0: And you'll be getting the opportunity to have more Tax benefits and all of the inflation induced debt destruction, all of the benefits of uh, income property. That's so true. And just remember that high loan balance is good insurance for you. That is asset protection right there. Okay. That is asset protection. It's counterintuitive. It seems like it's the more risky thing. It's really the more conservative thing. Okay. So interesting. Okay. Hey, Evan, before we go, I just want to share a little inflation example before I forget, okay, because all these things happen in life. I happen to be, and I'm not really car shopping, but I was just kind of browsing, okay, so I was at the BMW dealership the other day, and I was looking at cars trying to avoid salespeople, (laughs) and I wasn't sure, you know, they've got so many models nowadays, I can't keep up with them, but I wasn't sure what model this car was, and I was kind of admiring it, and The window was open, it was inside the showroom, and I put my hand in and felt the seat, and I thought it felt really nice, and I looked at the sticker on the window, and it said it was $108,000, and I thought, gosh, these cars are expensive nowadays, and I looked at the back to see which model it was, and it was a a BMW 740i, and I remember that I used to have a BMW 740i, (laughs) and I leased that car in 1994 okay and mm-hmm. i don't remember exactly what my numbers were on that on terms of my lease payment i think it's a pretty good deal to lease cars so I, I do lease them even if I could afford to pay cash. I I try to do a car lease. I, I like the lease better. And, and again, I want control of my cash. I'm not gonna put a bunch of equity in a depreciating asset like a car. Heck, I don't even want equity in appreciating assets like real estate, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I like control of the money outside of the asset, okay? So in 1994, I leased this car, and I thought it was pretty expensive at the time because it was sixty-two thousand dollars. And before that, I had like a couple of forty-thousand-dollar cars. I had a Mercedes three hundred E that was like forty grand. I had a, a, a Lexus, the big Lexus that was like forty grand. What
1: about, what about your old Volkswagen that used to drive people? Oh, around that you? was
0: before that. That was the <laughs> Volkswagen Jetta. That was my first new car. I don't know how much that was, but I remember my payment was one eighty-nine per month. I do remember that. Okay, so so anyway. I was looking at that BMW 740i and thinking how much nicer it was than the one I used to have in 1994, the one I paid $62,000 for. And I remember the lease payments because the interest rates were much higher back then. I think the lease payments were around $1,200 a month or something like that, which I thought was really imprudent of me. But heck, I was making a lot of money. I was young and dumb and, you know, so I, I leased that car and I thought it was a cool car. Anyway, the same BMW 740i, well, the same model, but it's much nicer now because, you know, there's so much more technology in the car today, is now $108,000. And uh, so I went, I went back and I adjusted $62,000 for inflation from 1994 based on the official numbers. And guess what I got? $107,923. There's close. been there's been 74.1 percent inflation since 1994 when I had my 740i when I leased it, and what what's kind of interesting about this is remember we always talk about how the government understates the inflation index in three major ways they manipulate yeah. it they understate it and Evan do you remember how
1: hedonics
0: um, waiting
1: Substitution and waiting.
0: Yeah, substitution and waiting. So yep. substitution, hedonics, E-box. and waiting. waiting. Okay. And so what they do is they substitute things. Well, if you, you know, if the cost of beef goes up, they say you'll eat chicken, but maybe you don't like chicken because chicken's a dirty bird. Okay. So they substitute things, right? So that manipulates it and makes it look lower than it really is. They weight it, they weight different things in the basket of goods differently. Okay. And then also they hedonically adjust. Well, the BMW 740i is a great example of hedonic adjustment right? Because now that's not in the consumer price index, okay? It would be in maybe some luxury index that Forbes magazine would do. But the car today is essentially the same cost. The price has not gone up since 1994. It's it's still... Equivalent to $62,000, what it cost in 1994. But the car today is so much better. I mean, no one would argue, except for looks and styling. I think the 1994 one did look better. But the car today is like a, you know, it's a modern computer that, you know, I mean, just does all kinds of stuff. It's much better than it used to be
1: and much more fuel efficient. so in this so in this case then we would say there hasn't been much inflation, right? I mean, there's been the normal inflation, but it's so much better. So arguably you should be paying more for it.
0: Well fair enough if you hedonically adjust. But the problem with hedonic indexing, and hedonics, by the way, it comes from the word that derives pleasure, hedonism, Hedonism is pleasure-seeking, right? So, you know, hedonics says that, you know, how much pleasure do we get out of the item today versus back in 1994, okay? And I'd say you'd get a lot more pleasure out of it today because it's a much better product, no question about it, in like almost every way. The problem is that when you hedonically adjust, it basically says that we, the consumer, do not have the right to progress. Of right. course, everything's better. It should be better. Heck, things have gotten a lot better since the wheel was invented and since yeah. fire was discovered. OK, every of course, everything's better. Life gets better. We all expect
1: that. Right. So uh, that's, you know, it's just, yeah, it's so interesting. Inflation. I mean, you've you teach so much about inflation. And one of the things that I constantly have, there is inflation. You just it's different for every person, but there is. I mean, I just paid for my one of my kids' summer camps for eight weeks, ten thousand dollars. Back oh, when I went, which is not that yeah. long ago, it was three. Wow. It, my parents yeah. complained. My parents complained about the three. I remember that, and, and, and now it's more than triple in crazy. about in, in about twenty years. So yeah. certain things like that, college costs and healthcare, have truly skyrocketed oh, yeah. it's in their Wait,
0: yeah, no. There's there's certainly a lot of inflation out there, no question. Technology, you know, it's the battle between good technology that is deflationary and bad monetary policy, which is inflationary. Who will win? I don't know. But with what's going on in the world right now, they are printing, they are loosening, and the the money
1: is flowing. So take I'm, advantage will, of it. I know who will win. Yeah, the people who buy yeah. income properties from you. People just income (laughs) properties, they're going to win. There's no question about it. Yeah, no. I mean, it's almost like
0: a no-lose proposition as long as you wait long enough, okay? You know, you always win the game in real estate. It's a game of staying power. So with that said, Evan, go to jasonhartman.com, call us at 1-800-HARTMAN, and we'll be happy to help you build a nationwide income property portfolio uh, that will help you Uh, manage and deal with all the stuff that's going on out in the world and get some free money, just like you did, Evan, on that property you just bought through our network.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love that property.
0: Yeah, that was a great deal. And by the way, folks, if you didn't
1: hear the show, Evan was on, how long ago was that? About a week and a half ago, Evan? Yeah, Yeah. and I would never have known about that property had it not been for my investment counselor, Doug. Yeah, I I wouldn't have. I didn't even... I barely knew it existed. This kind of short-term rental. So yeah. you know that's the advantage of working with somebody.
0: And and you got a three point seven five percent mortgage on 3.
1: that. Three point five. Three point five. 3. 5 on, on that's truly unbelievable.
0: Think about it. You're not going to make if you keep that mortgage the whole time. You don't have to make the last payment on that mortgage until two thousand and fifty. I mean, folks, do you realize how significant that is? 2050, that's the year when we used to watch sci-fi movies. Well, we even still do. I mean, (laughs) 2050 is the future. That's like the world will change so much by then. And there will be almost 100 million more people in the United States by then. Do you know what the demand for housing? It's going to skyrocket. And with what we're seeing now with the coronavirus, we're seeing once again the U.S. Mm. is thought of as the safe harbor for the world,
1: and that money is flowing this direction. So it's good. But, to- we, we talked a lot about options. How you have to have options today with different banks and, and right. you know with this house, even though it's a short term rental, it can be it could be a long term rental. It yeah. could, and it would. It would still exceed the the rent from a long term because I did the research on on what would be the long term rental rate in that area. It would still be slightly higher than my mortgage payment. Of course, yeah. I wouldn't make as much money as a short term rental, right. but that's another nice layer of protection. Sure, you know. Think when you're buying real estate, you're taking lots of risk. Like, and I talk about this with my mom. She's like, "Well, you're willing to take more risk than I do." And I think to myself, "Not really." It really isn't. I mean, you everything in life has some degree of risk, but there are so many ways to minimize the risk with income property. It's it's incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it really is because you can work with it. The asset's malleable. It's flexible. It's multidimensional. It's, it's good stuff. All right, folks, we better wrap it up, Evan. Thank you for joining me and letting me ramble on about the return policy for real estate. <laughs> there you go. You got it, folks. And uh, on other shows, we've talked about the exchange policy, the 1031 exchange, another great option for you. All right. We will talk to you all tomorrow. And until then, happy investing.